Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Jesus said, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Perhaps you have heard of the social media platform, Facebook. Perhaps you have heard of it. It boasts 2.3 billion users as of December 2018. 2.3 billion users. Founded in 2004 at none other than Harvard. Initially, only Harvard students could sign up and have an account. Then it expanded to other Ivy League schools and from there, other schools and universities. You had to have a dot edu email address to have an account. But as Facebook exploded and became even more popular, it then expanded to the rest of society, for better or for worse. And now the only rule is that you have to be at least 13 years of age to have an account. I remember where I was when I first heard about Facebook or the Facebook, as it was called at that time. The fifth floor, or the penthouse of Hathorne Dormitory at Mississippi State University. A manager on the football team had just come in from practice. He lived on the fourth floor, but he stopped by the penthouse to say hello to some of his friends that lived on the fifth floor. That's when Facebook came up in conversation and he asked if we had heard about it. My roommate and I had never heard about it. It was new to us. And still, it would take me another couple of months until I would sign up for an account. I was a Facebook user throughout college, but then I took a four-year hiatus from it after college. But then, when I went to seminary in 2012, I decided to get back on Facebook for networking purposes. Because you see, that's one of the pros of having a Facebook account, networking. Then there are other pros, such as keeping up with friends. Whenever there is a life change, whether it be one of my friends from college is expecting a child, or one of my friends from seminary has accepted a new position at a church, Facebook is a great way to keep up with people to celebrate their joys by liking or loving their joyful post or to lend a helpful comment or a sad emoji in their sorrows. 
another pro of Facebook that I have found as a priest is that Facebook is a great source of pastoral information. Many times, parishioners, being you all, will post pastoral news on Facebook before contacting your priest or the church. Or parishioners may post pastoral news to Facebook and never tell the priest or the church. Whatever that case may be, Facebook is often an outlet for breaking news in our lives. And much of that news needs pastoral attention. And then there are the cons. Of course, there are the cons of being on Facebook. I don't really need to go through a laundry list of those. I think we all know how divided the comment section on Facebook can be. I think we all know how unhealthy the comment section on Facebook can be. But since I love you all so very dearly, and as your priest, I do want to make you aware of something that happened to Sarah and myself via Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I want to make you aware and alert so you will be careful in case a similar situation should happen to you. The kids were in bed following a Wednesday night supper here at the Chapel of the Cross. It was poppy seed chicken night, so there was a very big crowd in the parish hall. It was about 9.30. Sarah was perusing Facebook on her phone in the living room when she called me in to take a look at a picture a friend of hers had posted. After looking at that picture, within the hour, within that very same hour, I had driven to Northside Drive in Jackson and brought home a kitten. <laughs> that escalated fast, very fast. So you all be careful on Facebook. You might unexpectedly end up with a pet. We named her Smokey. I added Jane to it to make her sound more Southern and refined. So now we have Smokey Jane prowling around our house, hiding under the furniture, unbeknownst to us, ready to ambush our feet as we walk by. Smokey Jane has quite a story. She was found on the side of I-55 by the Facebook friend of Sarah's that I mentioned earlier. It was assumed that someone had simply dropped her off, although I can't imagine how or why anyone would do that. Someone left her to her own devices, threw her to the wolves, if you will. But it has ended well for Smokey Jane, much to the chagrin of our two eight-year-old King Charles Cavalier Spaniels who are just getting used to having Betsy around. Smokey Jane was all skin and bones, very skinny and unhealthy when we got her, but a steady dose of Purina cat chow, coupled with the occasional chicken nugget stolen from a forgotten child's plate, has helped her fill out somewhat. And she was doing much better and looks much healthier. We all love a story like this. We love a good story, a story that ends well, a story that warms our heart and makes it swell. 
a story that makes us feel good inside. We love the happily ever after story. We love stories of hope, grace, redemption, mercy, and resurrection. Stories like Smokey Jane's. Stories like the ones our parents used to read to us and that we read to our children and grandchildren now. Stories like the ones we hear in the Bible. Stories of Jesus and his love for us. Stories like the Easter story. We know the Easter story well. We have heard it from a very early age. It is ingrained into our minds and our memory. Jesus is condemned to death in Pilate's kangaroo court trial and is crucified. His followers have fled, scattered about, fearing for their own lives. His mother, Jesus' mother, wonders why. The centurion who witnessed it all second guesses. There's the void and the emptiness of Holy Saturday. All scenes completely lost. And then, then on the first day of the week, lives are changed. On the first day of the week, our lives are changed. The whole world is changed. There's women who brought spices. They saw it first and reported the news. There's a large stone that was rolled back somehow. Linens laid neatly folded where his body should be. There's Mary Magdalene who confused Jesus for the gardener. There's the unbelief of the disciples. There is Thomas doing and saying Thomas things. There is hope. There is grace. There is mercy and redemption. There is resurrection. But, but, we cannot forget. We must not forget the cross. None of this is possible. None of these things happen without the cross. The cross is just as much of a part of the story as the empty tomb. There is no resurrection without a cross. There is no redemption without the pain, the suffering, and the agony of the cross. There is no destruction of death without Jesus' death on a cross. Today is Holy Cross Day. It is our feast day because we are the chapel of the cross. The chapel of the cross, a place in which death and resurrection are intricately woven, woven into the fabric of its history. And so this day, we remember the cross. This day, we give thanks for the cross. On the cross, this symbol of Roman power and authority, we remember that God broke the power and authority of death. On the cross, this tool of death, God has brought forth life. God has brought forth our lives. On the cross, God has freed us. On the cross, which was used as a form of capital punishment, God has procured our salvation. Jesus said, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. All people. Jesus is speaking about us, you and me. The Easter story is our story. It's our story of hope 
It's our story of grace. It's our story of mercy and redemption. It's our story of resurrection. It's our story of how much God loves us. It's our story of how God has never, nor never will, abandon us. It's our story about the empty tomb. And it's our story about the Holy Cross. It's my story. It's your story. It's our story. By gosh, we're sticking to it. Amen.